Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. How you doing, honey? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing great. How was your week? It's been a really good week. It's been a great week. It's been a crazy, packed week, right? Yeah. Um. So, what? So this past week we had your family in town, right? We did. We, yeah, we got some visitors. We did. <laughs> so your uh, your sister and, and I would still consider her family, Barbara, yes. who, um, our sister-in-law, absolutely. Um, came, they flew down from New Jersey to see your mom and your aunt down in the, uh, Bradenton, Anna Maria Island area. Mm-hmm. And then they all traveled up on uh Tuesday and a Wednesday to go, uh, to come see us. And so we had a night out in St. Augustine and, and, um, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah. We ate dinner at one of our favorite restaurants, which was the Columbia, the Columbian. So yeah. listen, Columbian. Restaurant, if you're out there, I'll at you when uh, when we drop this. <laughs> so yummy. <laughs> so, such good yes. food. Yeah, I love it. And here's what's crazy is you, gosh, I don't, I don't want to say this because we are, you were, met, you were joking around last night about how rigid, uh, uh, rigid I am about my schedule and stuff. Oh my gosh, it's, y'all, so rigid. <laughs> but one of those things in my schedule is, and some of our friends make fun of us because we like to eat dinner between four and five. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and just and and so I like that, you know. <laughs> it gives me so anyways, and so we didn't eat dinner um that night. Actually, it was the second night in a row. So Tuesday night when we went to dinner at the Columbian, we ate dinner at we had reservations for 8:30. Well, it was it was actually 8:40. Yes. Our yeah. reservation was at 8:40. And we got seated like at 9. We got no, we got seated at 8:45, mm. which felt like 9 o'clock to you, yes, which was you were like having a moment it was, was okay angry <laughs> so but yeah so but it was having a moment but yeah we ate and i think we got home at 11 that we night. did get home at 11 it was it's a very rare. late night oh, for you it was and so but we had a lot of fun it was while we were waiting for our table um we got the chance to just kind of hang out and walk around and take lots of fun pictures with my family and it was a really good time. It was. Really it was. enjoyed being it with did. them. It did. It was. It was a good time. I always loved being around your sister and and Barbara and, and of course your mom and your aunt and Irene is uh, they're amazing people, yeah. and so uh, it's great to hang out with them. And so, um, so when this when our podcast drops on Monday, um, we're gonna you know we're talking about Saturday, and so this past Saturday, um, we had an event. By we, you had an event. I just tagged along for the food taster. Um, um, Margaret uh, Margaret did a great job of, uh, of of preparing a lot of food and bakery stuff. So I got to be she quite, did all the desserts, did all yeah. the dessert, and um, and so I got to uh, taste a few things, which was amazing. But I was just along for the I was a laborer. You were along for the eating, the the, the eating, and to do whatever you needed. But right. you're but you're part of a board. Um, of an organization called Healing Roots. Yes. And so one of our dear friends who listens, and we'll probably have her on, not probably, we will have her on the podcast. Uh, um, she's blowing up all over the world. She's worldwide. She's she's, she's mis- super famous now. Yes. yes. She's not like, um, um, uh, uh, what's his name down in Miami? Mr. 305. Uh, he's Mr. Worldwide. Well, she's Mrs. Worldwide now. She will be soon, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, but uh, it's called Healing Roots. And um, and so what is Healing Roots? So Healing Roots is a brand new nonprofit. And um, what we do is we help families of victims of homicide through counseling. And it's a really amazing organization. Um, it's, it seems like a very specific um, 
for, for a very specific group of people, but there's such a need in our community. And what we're finding is that it's going to be such a need all over soon. So yeah, that's why it's blowing up all over because yeah. there's not many organizations mm-hmm. that do this. And what's so great about um, the person we're talking about, about Katie, is that she um, developed this nonprofit out of her own pain and her own, um, you know, her own healing. This is how it came out. This is how she, you know, turned it into a nonprofit because she experienced this. Same yeah, thing. she she had the loss. Uh, she lost her dad yes. back in two thousand eight. He was murdered here in Jacksonville, and it's an onside. Uh, it's an ongoing um, criminal investigation. So yeah, still unsolved. Still unsolved. And so last night was um, what was last night? So last night we had a memorial vigil mm-hmm. for several families in the community, yeah. um, and also sort of a grand opening kickoff to our services for any families in need in the area. So you're part of the board, right? Yes. Um, the executive board, right? Am I, am I saying that correctly? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. And so Katie is a trained uh, counselor. Mental health counselor. Mental health yes. counselor, doctor, pathologist. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's not a pathologist. I don't, that's not even mental health counseling. But No, it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that. <laughs> but uh, but she's a phenomenal counselor, and so um, and so, um, do you or anybody else do any of the counseling? Is this all? No, Katie? no, it's it's all licensed counselors. Okay. Um, and so and there's just there's a whole there's a whole group of people that help do the actual clinical work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just part of the board. Um, there are several people that are just on the board, but we all, you know, vision and plan and do um the things that are needed to get the program itself running. We have contracts um, with the like JSO Jacksonville Sheriff's right, Office, yeah, right, in place to help to get referrals for families and all of those kinds of things. So it's it's moving forward. We're really excited. We can't wait to see the growth that it has moving yeah. forward into the future. So you, you know, when I was sitting there, kind of just taking it all in, um, and, and watching the, the the slides and the names um, just kind of pop across the screen, all I could think about was outside of the grief that these, I mean, there is probably 120, 150 people there. Like you said, um, a lot of uh, uh, the families of the victims were there. But just to, um, as the slideshow was playing, you could see their face, you know, these uh, these photos, these memories. Um, just a small excerpt of who these kids and adults were. All I could hear was the grief that was still resonating in these families in their heart. And it was heartbreaking just to sit there and hear. And um, the other part of that, too, is I could um, I could hear like the or I could see how young some of these kids were. Right. They had some of our kids birthdays. Yeah. Some of the um, what we did was had names and birth dates up there. Um and the date that they had passed away as well. And so what was really eye-opening for me, and I know for you as well, was some of the people up on the screen had the same birth dates as some of our children. And so, you know, our kids are in their 20s. And so how devastating that yeah. is for parents to lose their children that young. What, um, and even younger. Some of them yeah. were, were younger. Some it, of the, I mean, some of them were kids, bar- you know, had parents yeah, that they lost yeah. as well. So grief and loss is hard at, at any age. Well, and, and all I could th- all I could think about during that moment too, and I love what Katie said, and it didn't hit me until she said it, was that when you're experiencing grief and and all and, and going through that cycle, 
you're looking for closure. First, my head went to friends when Rachel's looking for closure <laughs> from Ross. But you know what's ironic? She never finds closure. No. Her love for Ross and his love for him, friends. Right. Um, we conti- always, we always connect everything right? to friends, y'all. We but, love this show. It's so ridiculous. But they, but but that, but that, but there was never closure. No. You know, and so one of the things that Katie said last night, and it just hit me. I was like, wow, that is so true. We look for closure in the midst of grief, but we never find it. Right. Because we're still tied to that person we're grieving. And it's because love. It's really because what she meant by that is because mm-hmm. of love. Yeah. Um, where we're eternally meant to be seeking love. Right. And yeah. that love is never fulfilled by anyone but Jesus. Yeah. So no, that, absolutely. that's what we're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And it was and, and there was something else somebody said um, last night. Um and this was straight out of Psalms uh, um, 30, verse 5. And I'll read the whole thing, um, but it's a very popular verse. And th- these last two sentences are where it says, Weeping can stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And, and, th- and it was a grandmother speaking who had lost her grandson. And she said, you know, um, weeping stays on, uh, you know, uh, crying and, and anger stays all night, but joy comes in the morning. And she said, God, when is my morning coming? And it, 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 once again, it was one of those, it was one of those statements, God, when is my morning coming? That goes right back to that, um, that, um, it's not tied to closure, but it's tied to, um, just kind of how we process through grief and guilt that comes along with that. Yeah. You know, so I don't know when that morning comes. Well, and it's different for everyone. Grief yeah. looks so different for every single person because the relationship that we had, even with the same person, is different. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like, so that same, um, the, there's a grandmother and then there was an uncle. an uncle that came up and spoke about the same person that they lost. And each of them had a very different um, experience in their grief. Yeah. Um, you know, cause they had a very different relationship with that person. So, yeah, you know, true. and that's how, how it is for everyone. And, and so here where we live in, um, St. John's County, Florida, in the Northwest part, um, you know, back on mother's day, our, our, um, our small pocket of the world was kind of rocked by, by a tragedy that happened. We had a, uh, um, there was a 13-year-old girl who was in junior high. Was she seventh grade? Seventh grade, going into yes. eighth. She's supposed to be going in eighth grade. She was murdered. Um, th- her body was found on Mother's Day, and she was murdered by um, somebody who was the same age, a classmate yes, of hers. Yes, yeah, a 14-year-old boy. A 14, uh, one grade up. But, one grade but up. But they are, yeah, classmates. Classmates and friends mm-hmm. stuff. Lives very in the same neighborhood. Same neighborhood. And Families it, that are uh, pretty close together yeah. and... Um, very tragic. Very tragic. And, and one of the reasons it hit kind of close to, to us, or really close to us, is because our oldest daughter, it was her, um, she was... Uh, um, she coaches this yeah, girl. Yeah, she coached her in junior high uh, cheerleading, and then our youngest daughter was her assistant coach. So, um, so you know, it hit kind of close to home, and, and watching our, our, you know, watching Courtney kind of navigate that um that kind of grief and stuff that as she was focusing on kind of the rest of her team and 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 as a coach and as a mentor was pretty as a parent you step back and go wow look at your kid go you know yeah but also um you know watching them 
deal with the grief that they're dealing with as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she knew the family. Mm-hmm. She, um, you know, she loved this mm-hmm. little girl, and um, that's a hard thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of those things I could, I, that I was thinking about um, as that was happening was, and actually we said this uh, um, right after it happened at our staff meeting, um, we, we were kind of talking about it as a church staff, and one of the things that we talked about um, was kind of the guilt that is associated with that. Um, no matter how the circumstances happen for, um, for that little girl, she had no reason to be murdered. No reason at all. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, um, and so as a parent, um, you know, sometimes, you know, we have this grief and then sometimes that grief, you know, in this grieving process, not sometimes, but that grief, that hurting, that heartache turns into this other G word called guilt. Oh, absolutely. You know, because as a parent, you're probably going, what could I have done better as a parent? What could, you know, and, and, and that's unnecessary weight that you have to carry because that's not true. It's, sure. It's, there should be no guilt associated well, with it. Well, you know, as a, as a parent, we, we have this um, idea and it's not, it's not even a false idea. It's, it's a real thing. Part of our job is to keep them safe, yeah. to protect them, yeah. to make sure that, you know, we, you know, watch over them. And, you know, if something happens to them, we feel responsible. You know, we're supposed to, that's, that's part of what we're supposed to do. So when things like this happen, we have to question, what could I have done better? Yeah. Where did I go wrong? Those, those things we process through and we begin to play the blame game and we blame ourselves yeah. because, oh, I wasn't there to protect them. I didn't mm-hmm. watch over them. Maybe I didn't know where they were in that moment. Yeah. Maybe I should have been there to stop this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we can't do that. Yeah. We can't do that to ourselves. We can't do that to the rest of our family. Yep. I mean, I don't, we don't know these parents directly. Yeah. We, we, we've met them, but we don't mm-hmm. know them, know yeah. them. So we can't say that for them. But I'm just saying this is what... I would do if if I was in their shoes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then I think about the um, the the young man who murdered her, right. you know, and um, and the and the guilt that that mom and dad must feel right oh, now. Absolutely, you know, um, like they're forever marked with this. This is what my son did. He took somebody's life right. unnecessarily. You know, and the guilt that is so you go back to that saying, what could I have done better not to make my not for my son to turn out this way? Sure. What did I do? Did did I have a, a specific view of women? Did I, you know, did I do things in a particular way that says this is OK or was or did did I let do we as a parent as parents let go of the rope? Um, or the, the, yeah. What, what did we do to fail? Yeah. To fail yeah. Where, where did we go where our right. son was so more influenced by the world and culture and games and things instead of us, us right. you know? Yeah. But we'll never know. I mean, yeah, we, we, again, we don't know them personally, yeah. so we don't know what they're so, going through, but we can only imagine how difficult it must be for them. So we, hold on. I'm sorry. Oh, we do know that mm-hmm. the community around oh, yeah. here Amazing. has been, um, well, not not. I wouldn't say it amazing. I would say is um, kind been, of no, no. The community was amazing, kind of rallying around the family. Oh, and stuff. definitely, yeah. yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But what I was going to say, and in it on the other side of that, in a negative way, um, yeah. has been really rough on this boy's family. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 
you know, as a, as a Christian woman, I mean, as a, as a Jesus follower, I feel like, where are we in that? Why aren't Mm. we helping them? I know that he did something wrong, Mm -hmm. but how are we showing their family any support and love? Hmm. The family didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really true. You know, I mean, I don't know. I just, I I wrestle with that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a great point. Because his parents need it. Yeah, they, they, yeah, you know, they're that. They're and they're to, literally being shunned by everyone. Yeah, this boy has siblings in high, at the high school. Yeah, um, I don't know if he has younger kids in elementary. I think he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they have a church home. I don't know. But mm. you know, it's it's an awful thing. It reminds me of the Good Samaritan, right? The the the, the story that Jesus tells. You know, of all these people who pass this per- this poor person on the street, mm-hmm. you know, and th- it was religious leaders. It was, quote unquote, pastors and what we'd call pastors and elders and things of the church now just passed these folks. Yeah. Except for one person took a chance and said, no, no, let me take care of you. Yeah. You know? And so I think, you know, how do you work through that as a parent? How do you work through that as a, as a, commu- as a, per- as a person? <sighs> I would say it's on it's not directly on you, you know, because you're going to feel how you're going to feel, right? But also it's going to take um somebody just to come next to you and and be willing to just to check on you. Yeah. You know, and let you know, "Hey, listen, you don't have to f- carry this weight of guilt." And I I think uh uh our um our good friend um pastor you know not pastor Jason but Jason right <laughs> um Jason said it last night when he was kind of closing he said at some points you know he appreciates the people who just want to be there not to offer any advice or anything all the time just to be there just to be there just to sit s- just to sit with you you yeah. know and sometimes that's all you need right. you know um those are the people you remember yeah that's, those are, rem- that's yeah, what he said yeah and he's so right about yeah. that. And so I go back to Psalms 30, verse 5, right? When it says, and, and we're going to close with this. Yeah. Um, Weeping can stay all night, but joy comes in the morning. And so when does that morning come? You know, listen, I, that, that morning comes when we learn how to say we are not, um, we should not feel responsible for somebody else's actions, whether it's our kids, our wives, or whatever, right? And so... Once we disassociate ourselves with that guilt, we can begin to see the morning. We can begin to see that, hey, you know what? In this darkness of my life, I'm gonna grieve, I'm gonna hurt, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go through all these things multiple times, multiple years, multiple days. But the minute I start disassociating myself with guilt, the more I'm gonna feel whole. Because guilt, you know, in my opinion, is is soul snatching, right? It reaches in and snatches your soul so you can't heal, so you can't do all these things. So Yeah, I agree. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So yeah, so as we close, you know what I'm I'm excited about next week. Um next week we're gonna be on location from the Fiji Islands. <laughs> You know, because this podcasting thing pays so well. Oh, yeah, totally. We are <laughs> raking it in, y'all. Raking, raking it, it in. in. No, no, so. We'll be, uh, we'll be on vacation. We'll be on vacation. So, But, but we'll be doing our podcast yeah, from we vacation. Will. From so vacation. You'll so. find out where we are next week. Absolutely. See you guys. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for all your listens. Um, listen, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, 
drop us a comment or hit us up on uh, on any of our social media platforms. Thank you guys.